Welcome to HopeNet Radio, connecting generations to save lives from destructive lifestyles and suicide. Suicide was definitely something that was on my mind a lot. I wanted the pain of life to just stop. My dad is kind of verbally abusive, and he's also a workaholic. When I was hanging around with a bad group, I got raped. I was angry with God for the longest time. A couple weeks ago, my cousin hung himself. I really need to get closer to God. I just slipped so far. HopeNet Radio. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to HopeNet Radio, the show where conversations save lives. This is episode 131. My name is Jeff. With me, as always, the guy that relationally, I don't know that I could do without in my life, DW man, you light up my world. How you doing, man? Uh, you're very nice to me. For, for an old guy, you 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 make it nice when I'm in your presence because you know guys your age normally look at someone my age and say, "What are you doing, Grandpa?" And I mean, <laughs> you know that kind of thing. So, not really. I'm not that old. No, you're not. But, but I'm I'm feeling it a little bit. You know, I'm with another old guy though that's actually older than me, so I'm okay today. I feel like a young guy in the studio. Yeah, Mike Jewell is going to sit down with us tonight here on the show. He is from RelationalIntegrity.life. Relational Integrity is an online personal development curriculum that is for anyone and everyone who wants a greater understanding, stronger relationships, and better interpersonal skills to join in on a life-changing journey through the trek. So, Mike, I want to welcome you to the show. Thanks for joining us tonight. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to be here. I got to ask right away, though, what in the world you do something on relational integrity and you got something called the trek. What is that? Well, what, the, what is a trek? The trek is, well, basically, the trek is a, is a curriculum that, you, that we look back over our life and we're able, and everyone has, a, has had different experiences in life. So we look back over the past life and we evaluate and look and identify the circumstances that cause us to behave the way we behave now. All right. Well, let me ask you a question on that right away. So you're one of those guys who thinks, you know, we got all this stuff in our past and that's why we can't go forward and, and you know, all this buried stuff that nobody knows about. And and so we're all kind of wacko in, in some way. <laughs> and there's no, there's a lot of people out there that get weird saying there's something in your past and so now you can never be what you should be. Is that what you're saying? Well, that's part of it. Okay. That is part of it. Well, now, explain it to me. Help me understand it. So, you know, there's, there's things that happen in our past. You know, Satan really, his, his whole goal in life is to lie to you. Mm-hmm. He wants you to believe that you are something other than what Christ says you are. And that's the whole process. So all throughout our lives, because we're, we're sinful beings, there's sin that comes into our lives. And there's sins that we commit, and we basically commit those sins against other people. But when other people commit sins against us, it's, in the scriptures, it's called a trespass. Mm-hmm. So they've trespassed against us. They have, they have crossed the boundary. They have come into uh, uh, something that's causes hurt. Well, if Satan can take that ex- experience and say, see, you are not who you think you are. You're mm-hmm. pretty worthless, really. Mm-hmm. You, you're, not, you're not worthy to be called a Christian, or you're not worthy to uh, have a relationship with another person. Because look at all the horrible things that you do. There's something wrong with you. You're, you're faulty. And there's, there's something that, it's, that you need to correct, and you probably won't be able to correct it if Satan can convince you that you're hopeless. So, so you're people gone. that are listening to us tonight that are feeling like their, their situation is hopeless, that's who we're talking to right that there. Really, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And because and no situation is really hopeless. No, it's not, because all it is is you're just believing a lie. Right. 
And so what we want to be able to do is expose the lie and, and what we can do about it. So, you know, one of the interesting things you were talking, and of course my mind works like 100 miles an hour, so <laughs> you were talking, you're saying, you know, people come and they trespass against you. And I'm thinking, in my life, I'm thinking, sure they will. We're all sinners. They're right. going to do that. Right. But we can actually be offended by that. And, right. and so much so that we, we focus on it. Have you ever heard of the psychological term uh, focalism? I, I've heard of it, yes, but I have not studied it. Well, so. it's very interesting. You'd find yeah. it interesting. I mean, I, I actually love psychology on the side. Mm-hmm. I don't, they don't have any answers. I don't like any of their answers. <laughs> but they're, they're really good at talking about the problems. So, so what they do is they expose these problems, and then I get to go into the Bible and look at them and see what the answers are. Right. But, but one of the problems they say that we all have is focalism. In other words, there's something that we focus on. And, right. and we can't let it go. You know, we, we can't let whatever we're focusing on go. So, so it drives us crazy. And we can't do other things because this is overwhelming to us in the focus. Right, right. Yeah, and it's called focalism. And, and everybody has that to a certain degree. Like if I'm a kid and my mom tells me you can't have this, that's all I'm thinking about. I mean, right. I am angry with her. I'm mad at her. But I want that. And then when you get right. it, it's like... Then just switch that over what Satan does. Right. If he gets you to focus on how worthless you are, right? he's got you. He's got you because you're not going to do anything else. How, how do people... How does he work that way? I mean, how, how is it that people focus on how worthless they are? What, what, what are some of his tricks? Well, the, the biggest thing, I think, is he's, he tries to uh, twist the truth. Okay, so okay. he takes the truth that you, are, have, you have great value in Christ's eyes. Okay? okay, well, he's, he's trying everything he can to prevent that. So what you say, what he does to you then is, uh, he goes through and he'll bring up circumstances around what just happened. He'll reinforce. So, so he'll reinforce that, that focalism that I'm worthless. Right. He'll, he'll, he'll do that in many different ways and to the point where you actually believe in your heart that, huh, I am worthless. Mm-hmm. So, so the, the focalism could be, I mean, somebody is focusing on, um, how to be popular and they're not popular enough. Right. So, so now, now they feel terrible about who they are because now they try and do things to be more popular. Right. They try and, to do things, but then they fail. Yeah. And, and, and they fail because they're really living outside of their the giftedness. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly now, right. I'll, I'll give you a story. Tell me if, if, if I'm right on this. I was working with a young man who was an introverted guy. And, and I really believe that introverted people are gifted. I, I do not oh, think yeah. that's a, a problem. And, and he was telling me that, that he just didn't have, he's a boy, and he's saying, I just don't have the girls notice me. I mean, I'm, it's bothering me. I'm always by myself. So I used to have students over to the house, and he would come over, and all of a sudden this young man flipped into this extroverted guy. It was the most awkward thing I ever saw in my life. And when he was done, I, I talked to him. I said, what did you do? He goes, well, this is the only way to get girls. i got to act like an extrovert. I said, you're really terrible at it. <laughs> I, I mean, you are really, really terrible at being an extrovert. And more than that, you were embarrassing, you know, Mm -hmm. to yourself and to others. And I said, think about this for a second. You are who you are. You are who God made you. You're pretending to be somebody else so that you can attract somebody. When you do attract them, they're attracted to the wrong person because that's not who you are. Someday you're going to turn into who you are, and the whole thing's going to be a mess. Why don't you enjoy who you are? Did I get this right? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, pretty. Yeah, no. very, very much. Uh, you, as you go down that list, I mean, there's three things okay. that Christ wants to give us. You know, he wants us to be accepted. He wants us to be significant. And he wants us to be secure. And that's what, that's what Christ does in the scriptures. So we step out of those three things and we look back over our life and we go through the truck program, we go through that curriculum and we start to identify, okay, where did the lie come from? Identify the lie. You know, who told you? It could yeah. be, a, it could be a parent. It could be a, a, a coach in, in, uh, you know, high school. Yeah. But somebody told you 
that uh, that you don't measure up. Yeah. So uh, you go back and identify that, replace it with the truth. I am accepted. I'm not rejected. Right. I have security. I can I can trust. I am secure. I don't have yeah. to be fearful. Most of all, I am significant. Yeah, you know what? It's really interesting because everybody knows. I have repeated this often that everybody in the world, I think, seeks two things. You've added a third one, and I think that's true. But in that significance and security, that's what Mm -hmm. everybody seeks. Mm -hmm. The problem is if you're seeking significance in the wrong area, then you never achieve it. And the reason you can't find significance is because it's a gift. It isn't something you earn. So so Uh that's something. If you're trying to earn something that's a gift, you'll never find it yeah and jeff we've talked about that you know so many times in our program and and i think that uh maybe what we can do in the next segment is talk a little bit more about this significance security thing and and try and just kind of flesh it out a little bit more yeah we talk a lot about that because that's the struggle that everybody faces in life especially as teenagers and young adults we're just getting out in the world we're trying to figure out how do i have any kind of significance in a world of billions of people that have existed through time what what value do i have in the grand scheme of it and yet God is interested in us personally, not just on you know a human level as he cares for human beings, but he cares for you and me. So there's significance and there is security in life and we're searching for that. How do we find that? We're going to talk about that as we go on tonight here on the show tonight. You can join us on the Tweetback anytime. Be a part of the Tweetback on Twitter right now. Use the hashtag HNRTB. And this conversation is just getting started here on HopeNet Radio. Are you hurting? Stressed out? Need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at HopeNet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Jeff DW sitting down with you tonight. And also joining us on the show is Mike Jewell from RelationalIntegrity.life, RelationalIntegrity.com is his organization and mike has a lot of experience in the realm of conflict resolution his desire really is to help people get back into right relationships between themselves and also with god in their personal life and mike it says in your bio the thing that really trips your trigger is you love to see lives transformed and relationships healed. And you talked about something in that last part of our conversation about acceptance, significance, and security. We talk a lot about significance and security. That's something that as a human being, as a person, we desire, we crave, we have something that's at our core that has this desire for significance and security. But we haven't really talked a lot about the value of just feeling accepted or being accepted. Can you talk about that a little bit? Oh, sure. We're accepted. Uh, you know, I think the number one Oh, uh, malady that works even in the in the church is rejection. And when we see rejection uh, in the church, we see people pull away from from relationships. We see people pull away from each other, from service uh, in within the church. We see people just pull away as because they don't want to be rejected. So if Satan can bring us to the point where where we believe that no one will accept us, well, then he's got us exactly where he wants us to be. He's got us in a position where we will not be effective uh, in life, and our relationships then uh, go down the tube uh, because uh, no one will accept us. Well, that's not because of the way other people treat us. It's because of the way we believe. Our heart has been trained. Satan has allowed us to believe this, that there's uh, something within us that says, 
people can't accept you. If he can get you to go through life believing that you're unacceptable, then you become ineffective. Yeah. And that's the whole point. The truth is just the opposite. Mm. You know, you know, Romans 8, 1, there is no uh, condemnation in Christ Jesus. So you sit back and Christ accepts you and you are his. You and, know, I, I think we need to put that in the, in the adoption mind frame. I mean, when you look at it, I, I have friends that have adopted from Africa. I have a friend uh, now that is adopting a couple of kids from uh, Haiti. And what's interesting is that these children, they, they struggle. Nobody wants them. Yeah. Mm. Nobody wants them. Right. But all of a sudden, these people show up. And these people look at them and they say, I want you. I have the resources. I have the money. I have the ability. I want you. You're going to take on my name. You're going to take on my identity. We will take you. And we will use all that we have for you. And I think one of the things I found, Mike, through, through life is that Satan is good at half-truths. And that makes him lies, by the way. Right, in case exactly. you're <laughs> But the half-truth is, I am needy. Yeah. And, now, right. and that's where you stop. Yes, Dave Wager is needy. That's all I have. But let's look at something. The king of the universe, while I was needy, thought I was important enough. That's right. To come after me and to make sure that I could be provided for and cared for at his expense. Yeah. Now, how does that continue to make me not want it? You know, it, exactly it doesn't. Right. It's the opposite. Yep. So, so I think what happens is, and correct me if I'm wrong, Mike, on this, but I think that people are trying to, without God, without understanding their own depravity, they're trying to feel good about their depravity. And they can't do it, so they're messed up. They need to be able to recognize their depravity and in the context, enjoy God and his reaching out to them saying, I will provide for you, accept that. And in that comes the freedom of understanding how significant we are. Well, you're exactly right. There we go. You go back to the de depravity side of the picture, take it one step further. If that person believes that they're deprived, that I'm needy, I need something, well, then they project that. They project that out onto other people in their relationships. It could be their spouse. It could be their parents. It could be their boss, wherever it may be. They'll project that out and start requiring in their mind that other people fill this need. Mm. Well, then that just strains the relationships yeah. and pulls them apart. And then you get into the enabling yeah, well, uh, enabling. Well, you think atmosphere. about it, I mean, if I'm living my life and I think, okay, I'm a sinful person who is actually very depraved and very needy. Well, if if I told you that, Mike, you could say, yeah, you are. Yeah. So, okay, thanks for the boost of encouragement. No, that's who you are. Right. Now, here's the other side of it, though. See, and that's where I think Satan's lies are so pr prolific. Because what he does is he grabs and says, this is the obvious. You're a sinful, self-centered human being trying to find all this worth and value apart from God. But you weren't created to find any value apart from God. Right, right. So, so part of it's true. Yes, I'm that way. In order for me then to enjoy God's mercy and his grace, I need to understand my depravity. And, and once right. I do that, I can under, I can enjoy that. So if somebody's listening today, Mike, let, let me, let's try and summarize it for them. They're, they're feeling worthless. And, and it could be that they're feeling worthless today. Because of the fact that they've never understood that they are worthless right. without God. Right. And, and that God is waiting. He's that, he's that parent of, of the future orphan looking at him saying through the fence, 
I have the resources. I am willing to give them to you. You are important to me. I want to take care of you. Now, now that changes. It doesn't change the fact that Dave Wager was needy. Mm-hmm. It changes the fact of Dave Wager's needy, but here's where my significance comes from. And without that, I have no hope of significance. Yeah. He says, if Satan can convince you that you don't measure up, okay, well, then he's got you where he wants, to, wants you to be. But we forget the other half of the equation. What happened at the cross? Right. Yes, that neediness, that sinful life that you just mentioned, all that has been taken care of at the cross. But the other half of the equation is that God's righteousness has been bestowed upon us. Right. Holy smokes. But if you reject that. Right. Satan wants now, you to reject now, it. Now you have to stop before the cross, and, and you have no hope. Right, right. So those listening that have no hope, we're suggesting that very likely you have not understood the love of God and the cross. Amen. Amen. Because you, you sit back and the other half of the equation, when you look at that resurrection life, he gives you life. Yep. Proverbs 4.23, out of the heart comes the wellsprings of life. Yep. If he, God wants to say, infuse in us grace, mercy, uh, all the things he's given us right. already, uh, our righteousness, our forgiveness, all those things. He wants our heart to believe those things. Yeah. So as we automatically live life, is not what we do. We're just passing through what God has given us. We're giving to other people in our relationships. Yeah. Oh, what a wonderful, joyous time there is that we can sit back and say, I'm just going to give away what God has given me. And then it's not prideful. It's right. not things that we've done ourselves. It is things that God has, wants us to touch other lives with. Yeah. And it makes no difference how they respond. Yeah. Yeah. It makes no difference because we're secure. We're accepted over here with, in Christ. Uh, we, we're significant. We're doing the things that he did for us. He just he gave us all those things freely. Yeah. We're giving them away. And then lives change and lives are transformed. And that's what, I, that's what gives me great joy and hope. It's like there's two types of people. That there's those that really are trying to manufacture their own significance. They're apart from Christ. They stop before the cross, and they're really miserable deep down. So they've got to try and find it somewhere else. Yeah. And they'll find it in, in popularity, whatever, money. And yeah, it won't yeah. work because they've stopped short of the cross. Then there are those who are part of God's family who don't live as if they're part of God's family, yeah. don't understand that they're part exactly. of God's family. It'd be like I adopted this child, and they want to go sit on the street and act like they don't have parents anymore. It's like, sorry, you, you do have parents. Come on in the house. <laughs> yeah, but I'm used to acting like I don't, so i, I got to be out here and be sad. Why? Why right. are you doing this? This doesn't right. make any sense. Right. No, you hit it right on the head. Yeah, you know, the power of rejection that we all face in our life. I think every one of us, it's it's really difficult to go through life and not feel rejection. But at the same time, you also know when you're loved. You know when you're accepted. You know that feeling like Dave was talking about of being adopted, that you're accepted not based on your merit or who you are or how much resources you have. You're accepted for who you are, your face value, that you're needy. And tonight we want to talk about that with you. If any of this is difficult or there's something going on in your life, maybe you felt rejected, maybe you're going through a time right now where you just you just feel like you are rejected. You're not worthy of anyone's love, let alone God's love. Go and chat with one of our live coaches right now at hopenet360.com. Talk about what you're feeling. Talk about what's going on in your life. And let them encourage you tonight. This conversation will continue on HopeNet Radio. We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. HopeNet Radio on Q90FM. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. 
Hey, welcome back to the show. Check out the show notes at HopeNet360.com. Jeff, DW, Mike Jewell from Relational Integrity. I think you ought to call him MJ. MJ? Yeah. That might be taken. They'll think we're talking to Michael Jordan here. (laughs) (laughs) Dave, your Chicago roots are showing. I know, I'm sorry. Uh, Forgive me. Forgive me, all Greenbacker fans, for I have said bad things. You know, what's really interesting about this whole conversation is relationships are a huge part of all of our lives. We're all in relationships with other people. We've got professional relationships. We've got personal relationships. We've got family relationships. A lot of different dynamics going on, but we are relational beings. And I think it's so interesting that we have to actually spend time discussing what it means to have right relationships because so often we just have things that are corrupting our relationships going on whether it's in our personal lives you got personal dealings that are going on and and so tonight it's one of those deals where we have to actually point out how do we actually have relationships that are integrity driven what i see happening so often in our world is that we've got relationships that are insecure you know like they're just like you guys are talking about how they're self-seeking they're self-gratifying that it's all about me it's about my self-centeredness about meeting my needs and one of the things dave we talk about on the show a lot is the idea of being needed and being wanted and there's a distinct difference we oftentimes live in the feeling that we are needed in this world, like we are needed in our jobs, we're needed in our families, we're needed um, in just to be in this world, to exist, because in some way, for some reason, we think the world just happens to revolve around us, or at least our, our sphere of, you know, an acre plot or a couple acres will be broken or shattered if I'm not involved in it. That's one of those things that I think Satan likes to bring into our lives and say, look, this is how important you really are. This is how significant you really are. You're a big deal. Like he wants to just puff up your your ego. Yeah. You know, the question I have, Jeff, is anyone without Christ, why are they a big deal? Because they're breathing, walking. Can you, you walk across a room and don't trip? That makes you significant. I mean, what, what in the world, when, when you start getting into this, it, it's no wonder that if you want to call it, there's a certain segment of society that worships plants. They have the same characteristics that we do mm. in some respect. <laughs> they're, they're alive. Yeah. I mean, what makes a tree significant? What makes a person significant? If you take God out of the formula, it's the same stuff that makes us significant. So you got to worship the tree as well as the person. That's nuts. People are totally messed up when it comes to that. We are important because we were made in the image of God. I mean, think about that for a second. We're not like trees. We're not like alligators. We're not like that stuff. We're made differently. And Satan has worked through our educational system and tried to blind us of all that garbage. I mean, think of it through the years. We're being told from the time they're young that the world just came into existence, a big bang, whatever, it just came here, here it is. Well, man, we're being told all the time that we're accidental blobs of protoplasm. Why are we surprised that we start living like accidental blobs of protoplasm? <laughs> That's not a good message. Right. There's a right message, though. And, and the real message is there is a God, and you're not him, and he loves you. He loves you. Now, why does he love you? That's the question. That's what makes you significant. He doesn't even love me because of my performance. He wants me. He doesn't need me. I've said this story before, and I'll have Mike respond to it when I'm done. But years ago, it struck me while I was just praying and thinking about my own relationship with my wife. And, and I thought, you know what? I really love her, really, but I don't need her. See, my dad had died recently, and, and I really thought I needed him. And he died of a heart attack. And he died suddenly. He was 60 years old. And there were like five ministries he was in charge of. 
And I thought, oh, no, everything's going to fold. It didn't. It's still all going today. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then I was thinking, okay, he wasn't needed. But, boy, do I miss him. I want him. Mm. And that's what instructed me. It's not needing that's important. Yeah. And so I realized that about my wife. I realized that, that my wife does not want to be needed. And if she strives to be needed, she's unhealthy. She wants to be wanted. She wants to know that I want her in my life. And that alone is significant. You and I are the same way, I believe. God doesn't need us to run the universe. He doesn't need us to win the war. He wants us. Hugely different. Yes. we got to just enjoy that. And that's what we're not enjoying. We're trying to make ourselves needed. I'm so important, God, to you that you can't do your work. Hey, I've even heard of people talking about in prayer lately. You got to pray because otherwise it won't be done and God won't do it. Now, do you think that God's will won't be done because you don't pray? What are you making yourself, God? I'm off my soapbox. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of confusion about relationships today. And the world tries to handle this in a way that we think will work out. You know, they'll tell people, you know, oh, you know, just get over it. You know, you'll, you'll deal with it yourself. There's, you know, have happy thoughts. What is a happy thought? A lot of different self-help ways to get over bad relationships or negative relationships. But there's a lot, there's a lot of really strange you know, confusion that's happening today in the world of relationships. Mike, how have you seen in working with people, how have you seen people trying to cope and try to resurrect broken relationships and it just hasn't worked out for them? Well, usually what happens in the relationships, I mean, if without Christ in the middle of it, what happens is that you're demanding things of other people and uh, to make you needed or make you significant, uh, to make you accepted, whatever it may be, you're demanding things from other people. And uh, there's comes to a point where they just can't provide, uh, and and all of a sudden you're you feel rejected, you feel put back, the relationships disintegrate and they go and, and they go south. Well, the whole point here is that you know you we've got this awesome God. Uh, Ephesians one says we've been given all these spiritual blessings. Okay, Second um, uh, Peter one uh, says we've been given very great and precious promises. These are the things that make us significant. These things are the things given by God to us. We, we don't even ask for them. They're just there. And the key is that we just don't believe that they're there. We don't follow through on that belief that these are here. So take, I could take that significance that, that uh, God gives me through Christ, and I can give it to my wife. I can give it to my kids. You know, I got, I got several grandkids, and everyone that's been born, I, I just hold them up the very first day. I get them in my arms. I hold them, and I tell them how good they are, how wonderful uh, the God has created them, that uh, they will do great things in this world for him. Uh, and to I tell them, uh, even though they can't communicate back, I tell them in my prayer that, Lord, give them what they need in those spiritual blessings and have them believe in those instead of what the world will tell them. That is the key in life. So I want to give away, give away whatever God has given me. You know, I was meeting with a young man, and he was in high school, and exactly that. But in, and, and I asked him, if you could do anything in the world, it, it wouldn't matter, and money wouldn't matter, what would you do? And he said, I, I would take pictures of bugs. I, I mean, I love taking pictures of bugs. And I said, cool. I said, so you're pursuing that, right? You're going to go out and learn how to be a photographer and go take pictures of bugs in the wildlife. He, and he kind of had his held, held his head low, and he goes, no, you can't really. I said, why not? I said, my God, somebody's taking pictures of them for some reason. I mean, why don't you be the, the world's best bug picture taker? I mm-hmm. mean, why, why don't mm-hmm. you do that? His eyes lit up, Mike. He looked at me like, you think? 
There's what you think. <laughs> and I'm thinking, yeah. do you know what? You're talking to a guy that hasn't gone to work in 36 years because I found my sweet spot that God made me to do. We're doing radio right now, and anyone that really listens to me on radio says, you act like you just enjoy that. <laughs> I do. Yeah. This isn't work. This is just play. I mean, this is when you find your sweet spot, when you find it, other people might think it's work. But for you, it's the way God made you. Enjoy that spot. So many people are messed up because they're working for money or they're working. I mean, they get bad advice. Mm-hmm. You, you don't work for money. You, you work to honor the king. And this kid's eyes, he's, to this day, he's, he's lit up and said, thanks for giving me hope. It's just That's it. Just live the way you were yeah. made. You know, every day, I remember when I was a kid, when I was growing up and, and being a teenager, I felt like the way that I would have relational security or relational integrity was if I just looked or I acted or I had the things that I saw my peers have, I would be accepted. I would be, I would have significance. I would be secure in my relationships. If I had those things in a worldly sense, we do this as adults. We get caught up in the clothes and the stuff. We think that relationships are based on my hobbies or my career or maybe my status or even the educational achievements that I have in my life. And maybe even some of the accolades that I acquire throughout the journey. And we get caught up in thinking that our relationships are based on what I do and not necessarily who I am. Can I really be comfortable in my own skin? Can I really, can I really be secure in who I am apart from those things? We're going to talk about that in the second half of HopeNet Radio. Join us on the tweet back tonight. Use the hashtag HNRTV. And this conversation will continue in the second half of HopeNet Radio. Feel like nobody cares? We do. HopeNet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. A live coach is available to talk right now at HopeNet360.com. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to the second half of HopeNet Radio. If you miss any part of this conversation this week, go back and subscribe to the HopeNet Radio podcast on your favorite podcasting app. Visit HopeNet360.com slash podcast and leave a review. Please do. Let us know what you think of the show. Let us know the topics you'd like us to talk about. We'd love to connect with you that way. And every review will help other people find this show, which we really believe these conversations will save lives. And tonight we're talking about relational integrity versus relational insecurity. So many of us in our lives, whether it's a marriage relationship, a friendship, you know, family relationships, there's a breakdown in trust. There's a breakdown in relationship. We call that relational instability. Relational mess. It is a relational mess. And we're relational people. Dave, you talk about being relationally driven. We're people, we, we interact with other people. We have relationships. This is really just, this is a human thing. We all have relationships. And I found this story this week. I thought it was kind of humorous and also kind of sad. I feel for the guy, but out in Bakersfield, California, there was a guy that brought in his little SUV for a brake job to get his brakes done on his truck. And he brought it in. All of a sudden, he's sitting there in the waiting room, and he hears he overhears this tech or this employee come back to the guy at the, the front counter and saying that the uh, the wheels fell off of this car. And he wasn't sure that you know it was his car. But anyway, they informed the guy that his they had some trouble with his truck, and uh, awesome. the wheels fell off. So he went and looked down the street. He had a broken windshield and, and a couple dings, and some t- his body was laying on the ground. And it was really unfortunate uh, reading this story, but I, I couldn't help but kind of think, 
in our life, in our relationships, you know, we think we're doing everything right. We think we've got everything set up. We go and take a test drive, and all of a sudden, bam, the tires just fall off. Yeah. And you're like, what did I do? What did I do wrong here? What did I miss? I missed something because this isn't supposed to be how it just turns out when I drive away. It's supposed to just work, right? And I think we get hung up on some things that just allow our wheels to fall right off in relationships. Well, let, me, let me ask you something. Do you, do you think that if you do everything right, that it turns out the way you want it to turn out in life? Mm, I think sometimes we have a, a preconceived idea of what it means to do it right, not necessarily that it's actually right. Yeah, I would suggest that there are people out there, and if you've never ate food that was bad for you, only eat good food for you, you'll still die. That's a sobering thought, Dave. Yeah, I mean, it's not that I'm saying go eat peeps, because, you know, we've talked about peeps. There's no wor- <laughs> no reason in the world for those. But Pizza party. Th- the idea is very simple. We have this mind frame. And correct me, Mike, if I'm wrong, but a lot has to do with expectations. I mean, I think I get up, I have my quickie devotions, you know, so God's mm-hmm. got to bless my day. And I get in the car and I go, I get in an accident. I go, why me, God? Well, because you were texting. What do you mean, why me, God? Well, all of a sudden, we have these expectations of, of a relationship with God, but it's not our true expectation. It's a lie again, because we're actually treating God as more our servant and our sugar daddy and our you need to do what I can't do and, and you need to make my life everything I want it to be and if you don't do that, you don't love me. It's kind of like a kid in a store right. saying, you get me this mom or you don't love me and I'm not your kid and the mom laughs because it's so silly, so silly. But we do that to God, don't we? Yeah, well, the problem there is that we place, we, do, we believe in all these principles. Okay, if I do this right, if I do this right, if I do, I do, I do, I do, I do all these things correctly, then all of a sudden our relationship is going to be perfect. Okay, and that is not how God works. Right. It's not relying on us. You know, he, it, it relies on him. He says, we have, I've given you everything you need to have relationships. Now, will all relationships go good? No. You know, they, they fall apart, they, the wheels come off uh, at some point in time. But the key is, how do you respond in the midst of that relationship that's going, that the wheels are coming off? Are you, are you still giving away what he's, what he has given you in the midst of all that? Uh, are you, are you standing firm on the foundation that you, I am accepted? Yes. I'm not going to let this circumstance or this event that's happening right now define who I am. Right. This is not who God created me to be. And you may have people around you saying, Oh, you're worthless. Oh, you did this wrong. Or you should have, you should have done this. Here's my expectation. Right. And you didn't meet my expectation. So thus, something's wrong with you. Uh, no, it was his expectation. Yeah. It's the other person's expectation. Do not take that upon yourself and do not take responsibility for other people's expectations. Yeah. There's, there's the key. Uh, again, if Satan can believe that you must fulfill other people's expectations, you become a man pleaser. Well, plus, you, you, uh, how many people have been bittered and bittered to the church or Christians? Because, you know, it's like they went in for that, that um, break job and it didn't work. Yeah. You know what right. I mean? And the truth of the matter is, every one of us is human. You know, if somebody comes to me and I get to counsel them and, and I can say, you know, this is what I think, but you really need to read God's word. But they listen to me and they, you know, pretty soon I'm elevated to a position that I should never be. Because I'm human, and I shouldn't be elevated to that position. Right. It's really God you need to listen to. Dave Wager is just another one of these donkeys walking around that, that basically, if God uses, great, because he can use donkeys. But that's the way that goes. Yeah. I, but we get mad at people then. Right, and, right. And we get mad at God because somebody says they love him, and they're an idiot. I, I had a pastor once that uh, that I was working with, and his parents were divorced. Okay, And he'd gone into the pastorate. He believed their divorce was his was his fault. Mm-hmm. 
And it's like, why are you believing this? I, somehow I should have done something. I was probably a bad kid, and I caused stress in their marriage and mm. all these other things. He went through this list of stuff, expectations he had placed on himself right. that he must fulfill, and thus he caused the marriage to break up. So thus he was going through this a complete lie. Yeah. Right. He's not. He was not no way responsible yep. for his for his parents' marriage, yep. but he believed he did. Mm. Yeah, and the lie, the expectations that are not right, right, cause a tremendous amount of disappointment. I call that the misery index. I mean, oh, yes, you, right. If, right. If you you know where the expectations are, realities below that, that's your misery index, and how you shut that gap is important. Yeah, but then the other side of the picture is to look at what are the perceptions that come out of those expectations. I mean, per- people perceive things. You know, he perceived that. His his parents, you know, he caused his parents to have a divorce. Right. Well, that was his perception in the whole midst of all that. And we go through life and we perceive that, you know, in, in Jeff's example that, you know, well, I wouldn't take my car to Jiffy Lube now. Yeah. <laughs> the wheels would come off, you know. Yeah. So people start forming these perceptions. It's basically wrong when you form perceptions about other people. So so my idea about God, let's say I'm a kid and I'm in a wheelchair. And I was when I was a kid. And, right. And, and I become a Christian. Can I expect to get out of that wheelchair? There's a possibility if it's in God's plan, yeah. you could. But if I never but, but do, I, does I, he I, still I should, love me? Right, he still loves you. If it See, never happens, there's the expectation so right you there. sit back and, right, exactly. You hit it right in the head because that is, uh, that's, if that expectation is not met, Satan steps in right. and says, or see? If two, if two people say, what, what I like to use as the example is if you beat your head on a rock, you get a headache. <laughs> and, and if you're praying while you beat your head on a rock, God, don't let my head hurt. <laughs> I think God says, quit beating your head on the rock. Yeah. Like, it's not that he says, yes, I can make the rock soft, and yes, I can make your head so it doesn't hurt. But I made the rock hard, and I made your head to hurt when you do that. So this is your problem. This isn't my problem. Right. This is your problem. So when you quit beating your head on the rock, I will let it heal according to how I normally let it heal. And if you quit beating your head on a rock, in the future you won't get a headache from beating your head on the rock. And that yeah. seems like a simple way to understand it, but it's the way I understand it. And when you come to God and say, God... You know, you're my sugar daddy. If I'm going to be a believer, I'm going to be rich and prosperous. I'm never going to be sick again. I'm going to have all this stuff. You're believing a lie. And, and, and the only way for you to be okay is quit believing a lie. You, you need to get that in line with reality. And when you do, even when you're sick or w- whatever, you can live a life that's actually fulfilling, significant, and, and enjoyable, actually. Maybe you're listening tonight and you're feeling like your wheels have fallen off, not once, not twice, but multiple times in relationships, and now you're just feeling like, I just need to just withdraw. I don't want to risk ever going to a store and getting my t- my wheels changed or my, my brakes changed because I'm just afraid the next time, it's just going to, it's inevitable. Someone's going to disappoint me. Someone's going to derail my efforts. Someone's going to discourage me. I just, I can't afford to go through life feeling like this anymore. I want to encourage you. Go and chat with one of our live coaches. You can't live in your shell your whole life thinking you just have to avoid relationships because you want to avoid pain. Pain's going to happen, but I want to help you guys this week. We want to help you guys on the show to have real relationships in your life. And maybe there is a way to resurrect some of those relationships that have been broken in years past. Keep it on the show tonight because we're going to talk about this. We're going to unpack what it means to begin to believe the truth and to stop believing the lies, recognize the lies that we've been living in in our life, and just talk about what it means to live now in the truth, to have relational integrity and you can join us tonight on the tweet back. Be a part of the conversation. Use the hashtag HNRTB. And this conversation will continue on HopeNet Radio. If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at HopeNet360.com. 
This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Chat with one of our live coaches anytime at hopenet360.com. They're there around the clock, and they can help you process through life. So if tonight you need to have a conversation with somebody, and you need to get specific, you need to be honest, you need to be real, for maybe the first time in a long time, you can do that with one of our live coaches. They're there. Those conversations are confidential, and they're there for you to just talk about life, to talk about the struggles, talk about the things that you just don't know who to go to and to talk to about this stuff. But it's weighing on your life tonight. It's weighing in your heart. Go and chat right now at HopeNet360.com. Jeff DW, we've got Mike Jewell here from Relational Integrity. And Mike, you shared something in the middle of the break that I thought it was just, it was one of those things where I'm thinking our conversation, relationships, relationships are messy. We've got expectations. We are looking for security and significance. All this. And then you're, you're talking about how you went through a painful point in your life where you had to face the God that we're dealing with here. You know, we think sometimes that our relationship with God is this arrangement where it's like, I do this, I go to church, I pray, I, you know, I'm supposedly a faithful follower of Jesus and, and I pride myself on that. Then my life is full of blessings and it just seems like a rose garden all the time. And, and for those that are listening and you've walked with Jesus for any amount of time, you know, that's not how the Christian life works, but yet we still try to make it as much as we can, we try to make it that. And you were sharing about a significant moment in your life where you were tested to your very core. Can you share that with our listeners tonight? Yes, I sure can. Um, you know, it was back in uh, 1989. Um, our fourth child was born. Her name was Hannah. And uh, the, the birth was uneventful and everything went fine. Uh, but about, uh, I'd gone back home. Uh, my wife was resting at the hospital. And uh, later that night, I get a phone call. And uh, to come back, something's wrong with Hannah. And we, uh, long story short, uh, she had a heart problem. Uh, the the oxygen-enriched uh, blood from her lungs going back to her heart uh, went into her liver instead of to her heart. And after birth, the fetal arteries of, a, of an infant start shutting down. And basically, she wasn't getting any oxygen to the rest of her body. Um, doctors had to operate immediately or she was going to die. And uh, so she was rushed into surgery. Uh, heart surgeons uh, went to work to reattach this uh, artery into the heart where it was supposed to go. And uh, uh, lo and behold, things weren't going well. Um, we were praying in the waiting room. We had a group of about uh, six or eight people that were there uh, praying with us. And the nurse would come in and say, her heart stopped. And I would dive into prayer. And I would say, my expectations of God at that point in time were completely wrong. See, God was there to serve me. God was there to fulfill my wishes, my wants, and everything about it. I was now a rather new Christian at the time. He had to fulfill, and get that word right, he had to fulfill my wishes. And uh, that's how I looked at, I looked at it. And that was my relationship, was based on what he could give me. Well, her heart would start again. I'd sit back and say, see, it's going to happen. She's going to be okay. He's going to heal her. Heart would stop again nurse would come in and tell us. We'd dive in the prayer. Now, my wife had, had given this up to the Lord long before I had, but I was sitting there fighting with him. Unbeknownst to everyone else in my prayer, I was demanding. I was requiring. I was telling God that he must do this, and for all the wrong reasons, for all the wrong reasons. 
finally, uh, he just broke me. I just came, I came apart, frankly. Tears started flowing. And I got to a point in my prayer, I says, Lord, you are sovereign. You love me. I know you love me. Whatever your will is, please make that happen. And in 15 minutes, she was gone. This completely changed my life. I understood after that event of what my expectations of God were, that I was, that was totally off base. He is the giver of life. He is the one that's sovereign over our lives. And I was placing my faith in myself, that I could do all these right things. I could pray. I could study. I could I know scripture. I had verses memorized. I had all these things done. And thus, God must perform for me because of all the right things I've done for him. There's nothing further from the truth. Right. I, was, I, was, I was in the middle of life uh, at that point in time in my Christian life where I, was, I had it all completely backwards. You see, God is there to give me love, to give me forgiveness, to give me everything that I need to get through whatever circumstances that come into my life. My foundation was based on what I did. My foundation for life was not based on what God provides and his stability and his purposes. So maybe there's people out there tonight that are, that are struggling and trying to understand, you know, why is my life messed up right now? Uh, why are things not going right? Why can't I hold a relationship with anybody? Well, the key is that you, your expectations are probably in the wrong place. They're probably sitting back and saying, you know, they've got your, your people in your relationships have to give you something. They have to supply whatever they need. And the problem isn't with them. The problem is, is what you believe in your heart, that that expectation, you have a right to it. You must, you must have it. Your heart's in the wrong place, and thus the relationships never work out. So all I can encourage you is to spin that around, put it back on God's shoulders. He's the one with the, that gives us the foundations that we need to live life by. Your acceptance, security, significance all come from him, him alone, no one else. It doesn't come from relationships. And then when you start giving that stuff away to other people, you start accepting those around you. You start making other people feel significant around you. You give a safe environment for, for your marriage or for your, for your children to live in. You give all those things away freely and you make those things happen. Relationships just change. Yeah. They just are completely changed. I walked out of that hotel room that night. Excuse me, not the hotel, but the hospital room that night. And we're going to go home. And uh, my daughter had just passed away. And I can tell you, there was a snowfall in the parking lot. This is a March 9th. There was a snowfall in the parking lot, and the snowflakes were so huge, so beautiful. My wife and I just stood there at the door of the hospital and just looked, and we just couldn't believe what we were seeing. We've never seen beauty like that before. Mm. I don't know about you, but I knew at that point in time, God was talking to me. Yeah. He was talking to me. It's okay. Now, God's commitment, did it ever change towards you during this time? None. Period? No. See, no. which is interesting. Yep. I, I think a lot of times we don't realize that what our loving Father has done to us, he hasn't allowed, he hasn't hurt us. No, not at all. He's given us a platform. Right. Right. This world in which we live, we look for platforms where we can show people who he is. And, and during that time period, you had a platform. Yeah, uh, I mean, Job had a platform. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had a platform. I think so often we as believers, we, we think, well, God, if, if you love me, you don't put me in these situations. And we, what we're saying is you don't put us on a platform. Yeah. But, but yeah. when you do put us on a platform, it's very important that we take advantage of being there to point people towards God. 
It isn't a, a, a it, no one likes pain. Anyone that likes pain is goofy. I mean, that's, right. that's not right. what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. But what we are talking about is there are some very strained times in life. And those strained times can be the absolute most wonderful times in relational. I mean, yep. when, a, when, a, when a woman gives childbirth, and which I, none of us on today's program have experienced, <laughs> they go through some rough times. Mm-hmm. You go through rough times to have that life, to have that relationship there. And any woman that's gone through it will tell you, I'd do it again. Yeah. Because of the fact of what came from that pain. And, and likewise, what came from the pain that night, Mike, is a, is a, a new depth and relationship to God and a platform for you. Yeah. And you're still using that platform this many years yeah. later. My life will, will never, has never been the same since. Yep. I'm so thankful. Yeah. Tonight, as you're listening on the show, we all experience pain. We all experience things that break down our relationships and it takes a humbling process. And maybe, maybe you're experiencing that humbling process. Maybe you've been through that and you're looking for ways to just plug in and maybe be a part of someone else's life. Go and chat with one of our live coaches right now at hopenet360.com. If you are interested in pouring into someone's life, maybe you've been through those moments and you just want to be there to be available to chat with somebody about life, about what they're going through. Consider becoming one of our live coaches at hopenet360.com slash coach. You can go and fill out the application, be a part of the Groundwire team, and chat with people from all over the world about life and some of the difficulties that come up. So you can check that all out on our website, hopenet360.com. This conversation will continue on HopeNet Radio. Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at hopenet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to the show. We're wrapping things up here on HopeNet Radio. Jeff, DW, we've got our special guest, Mike Jewell from Relational Integrity. You can check out his website, relationalintegrity.life. We've got some links and some helpful tips, ways to connect with him under tonight's show notes at hopenet360.com. Mike, in our last few moments together, can you talk about what you do with the Trek, this program, through this journey of helping restore relational integrity? We find in our lives that everybody has a set of core beliefs uh, that they hold within their hearts. Okay, these core beliefs are usually formed by the experiences of life. There may be traumatic experiences or critical events that have happened in our lives. Maybe it's a divorce. Maybe it's, it's something, maybe it's abuse of some kind. Who knows what it may be? But out of that core belief, when we have something that triggers us in life and we get upset, we react in either anger or fear. Those things then causes us emotionally to be able to a point where we can't handle the anger or the fear. So we don't want other people to know that. We don't want other people to realize that we are angry or fearful or that the shame that we have within us of that critical event may come out. So what everybody does, they put on this coping device, a false self. They put on front in front of people. This is what other people, we want other people to see us as. And so we, we put this up and we, we try to maintain that. We do whatever we can to maintain uh, that that look to be acceptable to other people, what we think is acceptable to other people. Well, we, it's una- we're unable to hold that much more than about six months is about all we can handle it uh, and keep that up there. And pretty soon that self, oh, that self, false self falls apart and we react and come out and we see abuse. It could be physical abuse. It could be emotional abuse. Or we, it comes out as control. We try to control all of the events around us so we don't get hurt again. Or it comes out as escape. 
escape, uh, we, that means where all the addictions come into. We may, you know, look to, to run away, to hide. Uh, it could be drugs, alcohol, whatever. Or it comes out in this form of rejection where we, where we feel like, uh, everybody rejects us and we're not acceptable. Or it comes out in shame where it's just guilt and shame and, uh, we're no good, we're worthless. So those, that's how our behaviors that all of a sudden react. And we try to, in life, we try to sit there and say, I want to fix the shame issue. I want to fix the addiction. I want to fix my control problem. I want to fix those things. But we can't fix them because they're rooted back into our core beliefs. Our core beliefs are believing a lie. And we sit there and we, we struggle, struggles right with our problems. And pretty soon we just give up and we walk away because we can't fix it. Well, the problem is we have to go back through the scriptures, rebuild that core belief because it's based on a lie, and put, put truth in there instead. Now, this is something that you can't do in a weekend retreat. Okay, this is something that it, it takes time. So the Trek program is a six-month program. Every week you get a new class. And every week, one week builds upon the other. And we tear down these walls, this false self, and we expose those behaviors, and we identify them, and then we rebuild those behaviors with truth and look at the truth that, that, uh, you then rebuild your core belief. You can do this. It's, it's, we're able to do this. And it's something that the scripture says. It talks about renewing the mind. And uh, I love the book of Ephesians because it talks about the spiritual blessings we get in, in chapter one. Chapter two, it talks about the, you know, the, uh, the grace and everything that we have uh, that we've been given. We have sin and we've been, and trespasses against us. You know, it goes all the way in three, it talks about this great love Christ has for us. Chapter four, it talks about the renewing of the mind again. And you sit back and we can do this and it's very possible. Christ made us so that we could believe in truth. And when you believe in truth, your behaviors automatically change. And we've seen this happen again and again. I just had a guy in a, in a class, uh, been divorced for five years. His wife took the Trek program in another church. He took the Trek program in his church, and this last weekend, uh, they just got remarried hmm. because they understood why the relationship didn't work. Right. It wasn't, they were expecting other people to fulfill it and, uh, you know, their needs, and lo and behold, they, they gave to each other instead, and they were remarried. So this is type of, this type of uh, training uh, we don't do a lot of. We try to fill our heads with knowledge, which is important, and it's good, but train the belief system and build in truth. And life changes and is transformed. Yeah, yeah. I, I would add that you need to be careful what you believe because your belief system doesn't make truth. You have to believe in truth. Hey, perfect. Yep. Yeah, and and that's what I think a lot of times people miss because in our culture, so often they say, "Well, I just believe this," as if that's the authority. See, they're taking on God's role again. Right. So, since I believe this, it must be true. No, since you believe it, you just believe it. I mean, it doesn't make anything true or false. Mm-hmm. It just means you believe it. So it's really important that you uh, you understand truth and you abide in it. And and what the scriptures say is that when you abide in the truth, that's when you're set free. It's not when you just know it, but when you abide in it and it's part of who you are. I, I would like to just, my final thoughts are, you know, everybody that's listening to us has a choice. You have a choice of who to listen to. You have a choice of, and you might say, no, I don't. I'm stuck in this situation. Not really. You always have a choice. I, I don't care what the situation is in life. You have a choice. Somebody could put a gun to your head and say, give me your wallet. You have a choice. You can either give me your wallet or take a bullet. But you used to, I didn't say all the outcomes are good, but you do have a choice. Mm. And you have to live as if you actually have a choice. And, and when you start saying, I have no choice, 
The only time that you will not have a choice is after you close your eyes on this earth and you stand before God Almighty. And, and he is the one that will tell you what goes on from that point on. But at this point, you have a choice. You do not need to listen to Satan. And believe it or not, God has given you the freedom to not listen to him right now. Mm. And, and you'd be right. a fool not to, but you have that freedom. But then you're going to have to live in the context of not listening to the creator of the universe. You're going to have to live in the context of being out of sync with the universe. You're going to have to live in the context of having the fruit of hopelessness rather than hope. And really, I don't know why you would do that. If you're struggling out there tonight, I encourage you, contact HopeNet360.com. Go there. There's live coaches there. Talk to them about what's on your mind. And, you know, some of you that are listening may never have understood or enjoyed the freedom that comes from being in God's family. I'm telling you something, you're that orphan that, that, that really the only need word you should have is that you actually need God. He doesn't need you. He wants you. And all you got to do is come to him and say, okay, I, I want to be a part of your family. And, and you do that through Jesus Christ and his death and his payment so that you could be in God's family. And if you're confused by that at all, go to hopenet360.com. Tell the, the, the coach when they get on, you know, I'm confused about this being in God's family thing and talk it through with them. Because God does love you, but love demands a choice, and you do have a choice. And, and if you're going to choose to believe lies, you are then going to have all the fruit of unrighteousness, not the fruit of the Spirit, and that's how you can tell you're believing lies. Yeah, you know, the interesting thing about relationships is we think they're just physical. We think they're just, you know, personal, myself to another person. It could be my spouse. It could be my parents. It could be my relatives. It could be friends, coworkers, whomever. There's a spiritual side of that as well. And as much as relationships are spiritual, you are spiritual. And you have to address the spiritual things that are going on in your life. And a lot of times the emotional things that come up, that impact our heart and they really make us question who we are at our core. It's so important. The Bible talks about taking every single thought captive. Now what that means is it means every thought. It means every good thought. It means every negative thought, every self-defeating thought that we could have in our life and take them captive and process through them. Maybe today you're just dealing with negative thinking. You're dealing with some, some really stinking thinking and you're trying to sort through life and difficulties in relationships have come up and you're just kind of wondering, what am I doing wrong? Why are the wheels falling off in my relationships? Well, I want to encourage you, write some of those thoughts down, taking them captive, write them down, put them out at face value and just say, does this make sense? Is this, is this really true? And then as you go through your week, you should be working on understanding what the truth is. A lot of times we think that these myths are, are really what reality is, and we're not recognizing the lies that we get to believing. And then we feel rejected. We feel like we're abandoned. We feel like we're separated from people. And a lot of times it's in our head. And if you need to, you can chat with a live coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Find the show notes and download these past episodes for free at our podcast page on HopeNet360.com slash podcast. Our live Twitter chat, the tweet back is going 24-7 at HopeNet360.com or by using the hashtag HNRTB. And you can follow us on social media. Just check out HopeNet360.com slash connect. So it's all under there under our show notes. From all of us here on HopeNet Radio, make each conversation count this week. You could save a life. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.